Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disorder that causes joint inflammation and pain. Unlike osteoarthritis, which is the result of wear and tear on a specific joint, the effects of rheumatoid arthritis can be felt across a person's entire body. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, physical therapist Maura Daly-Iverson discusses what we know about rheumatoid arthritis, which affects approximately 1% of Americans, and how to manage it. Here's our conversation with Maura Daly-Iverson. So it's Arthritis Awareness Month, and we thought we'd talk about the less common version of arthritis, which is rheumatoid arthritis. Before we kind of talk about that, can you break down for me more what the difference is between, say, osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis? What's specific about rheumatoid? Okay, well, most people don't recognize that arthritis is more than 100 different types of diseases, and there are major subclassifications within arthritis. RA falls within this diffuse inflammatory connective tissue disease. That sounds super scientific, but what it generally means is that with rheumatoid arthritis, you actually have a a full-body reaction in your immune system, so people usually present with a fever and fatigue, diffuse body um, pain and stiffness, where in osteoarthritis, while it can affect more than one joint, it often presents um, first in maybe the hips or the knees, and over time can affect other joints that are specific to OA. Um, But it doesn't have that overall reaction of gross fatigue and inflammation that you see with RA. But then when you're talking about the specific body parts, for example, just to sort of compare the the experience, not that that all experiences are the same, but um, someone with RA, uh, is the the discomfort they're going to feel in their knees, for example, similar to the discomfort somebody with osteoarthritis of the knee would feel, or is it vastly different? Um, It can be similar in some components. So the diseases affect different parts of the joint. So with rheumatoid arthritis, the disease affects the synovium, the synovial tissue. And over time, what happens is that the inflammation within the joint can wear out the cartilage, and then the patients will will end up having bone-on-bone joint disease, which is essentially osteoarthritis. So osteoarthritis is a disease of the cartilage, and it affects the cartilage first and foremost. Both will have pain, but RA tends to have symptoms that can be present and then disappear. We call that like a waxing and a waning of symptoms. Um, and osteoarthritis... You will still have joint pain and stiffness, but it, it, it presents in a, in a different manner at different times during the day. So patients with rheumatoid arthritis oftentimes wake up feeling very stiff in the morning for about an hour before they can move. Patients with osteoarthritis tend to be generally okay in the morning, but more stiff after they're sitting for long periods of time at work. So the clinical presentation, there's some overlap, um, but there are distinct characteristics of the two diseases. So you talked about how those kind of symptoms present themselves. What is there a typical route that someone uh, becomes diagnosed with RA? In other words, like when they're going to their doctor, um, what are they typically complaining of? What are those usually initial signs that lead somebody toward a diagnosis? 
So with rheumatoid arthritis, the diagnosis is kind of complex. Um, so patients will usually complain of some fatigue. Sometimes they'll remember fever, sometimes not. Um, joint swelling, the joints will be warm to touch, so not hot and red and swollen, but warm to the touch. Um, it usually takes a, a while unless you, you're seeing an arthritis doctor, which is a rheumatologist, um, to be diagnosed. So it can take a couple of months before patients are actually physically diagnosed with the condition. In rheumatoid arthritis, there are some blood tests that can be done that help inform the decision about diagnosis, but it's not a yes or no. There are some patients that have positive rheumatoid factor, but that's only about 70% of all patients with RA. So there are many patients that have rheumatoid arthritis that actually don't have, quote, positive blood work for the disease. So as I said, it's really a combination of clinical judgment based on their symptoms, but also looking at some of the laboratory factors. So with something like osteoarthritis, it's kind of a wear and tear injury is, is one way they'll look at it. What's, what's the cause of the rheumatoid arthritis? What causes somebody to have it? So rheumatoid arthritis um, is an autoimmune disease, but we really don't understand the etiology. What we do believe and have, um, have found with research is there's a genetic basis for the disease. So there is this sort of presence of clustering among family members. Um, and so we do know things like if you have a certain type of gene that you test positive for, it increases your risk of being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis about threefold. Um, we also know that there are some environmental factors that may trigger this gene in the body and cause you to what we call express the disease. In other words, um, if you're somebody that has a gene but you are a non-smoker, you may not develop RAs with time, but if you're somebody that smokes, and we know that smoking is a factor that can cause expression of a gene, you may be more likely to develop rheumatoid arthritis than another member of your family. There are other factors that also have been associated with development of rheumatoid arthritis. They serve as triggers, poor dental health, obesity. Smoking is probably the strongest risk factor that can actually trigger the disease. But nothing is really definitive at the moment, um, as I said, except for smoking. So it's a disease where the physician really has to look at both the clinical presentation of the patient, look at risk factors for developing the disease in, com in combination with laboratory tests to determine whether or not you have the disease. So, Maura, based on what you said, I, just, I want to kind of repeat it back in a different way and, and make yeah. sure I understand it. You know, smoking is a potential trigger we don't know what causes this, and therefore, you know, the, the conclusion I would jump to then is to say that there's really no way to actively pre prevent this other than, say, don't smoke, which would raise your risk factor. Are there any other things that seem to be preventative, or really there, there's no way to prevent it because we don't know the exact cause? Uh, I'm part of a group at Brigham and Women's Hospital where we're, we're looking at a family study and trying to determine whether or not there are uh, preventative measures. But we're not at that like primary prevention place yet in research. We do recognize, as I said, that poor dental health can be a trigger, So, and, and people don't realize that. So flossing your teeth and brushing your teeth and having dental checks regularly are important if there is a genetic risk among your family. Um, so that would be something to consider. The other environmental factors are there's data out there, but we're not really sure definitively 
whether or not it's a causative factor. There's also been discussion about some sort of virus being the trigger. Um, and so research is really kind of speculative as to the true cause of the disease, but we do know that once patients develop the disease, it's a very complex autoimmune disease that's chronic, and it takes a lot of self-management on behalf of the patient to work to manage the disease since there is no cure. How common or how uncommon is rheumatoid arthritis? How many people get it? Okay, it affects about um, 1% of a U.S. population. If I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, I don't want to misquote, but it's a fair number of individuals. And the thing with rheumatoid arthritis is it is a chronic disease, so it's a disease that once you're diagnosed, you need to, to manage together with your rheumatologist and other healthcare providers like a physical therapist for the rest of your life. And then does it affect, you know, women more than men, men more than women, any other uh, breakdowns like that? Sure. Um, with respect to the uh, epidemiology, it does affect women about three times more than men. It's more common in Caucasians than it is in African Americans. So, again, that's kind of leading toward that genetic risk factor, that there are certain components of a person's um, makeup that will make them more likely to develop the disease. And then at what time of life is somebody typically diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis? With rheumatoid arthritis, it often tends to be in um, early adulthood, so, well, it depends on your age, I guess, but between the ages of, like, 30 and 50. doesn't mean that you can't be diagnosed at the age of 60. Um, at an older age, it might present, let's say you're 70, 80, it might actually be another form of arthritis and not rheumatoid arthritis if it's, if it's that late. And, again, the clinical presentation would be able to help inform what the diagnosis would be. So you talked about when someone is diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, they really have to manage it. It's a chronic condition. Um, so take me through that process. Who are the healthcare uh, providers who are involved in that, um, and, and what does managing rheumatoid arthritis look like? Well, a rheumatologist, that's a doctor that specializes in arthritis, um, is really the, the key physician that you should seek out, in my opinion, when you're diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, they have a great deal of experience both in internal medicine and in the field of rheumatology. With respect to other healthcare providers, you'll likely have a great deal of interaction with nurses within the clinic, potentially um, social workers, depending on how that's impacting your lifestyle and your ability to continue with your work. Um, there are a lot of modifications now with ADA that you can make within your work environment, although not everyone feels comfortable asking for those um, accommodations, but there are other things that you can do that are subtle that can help you make it through the workday. Um, a physical therapist is a great person to help you be able to develop a self-management routine that includes physical activity and exercise. And within physical therapists, honestly, just like any other practitioners in the medical field, there are individuals like myself that specialize in rheumatology um, versus pediatrics or geriatrics. So, I generally recommend to patients to look for physical therapists that are arthritis specialists or board certified in orthopedics as people that may be more um, comfortable with managing individuals with arthritis. From a physical therapy perspective, managing arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis consists of what? You know, what, what, are, what are we asking people to do and, and what, are, what are they um, trying to maintain or, or build? 
Okay, so the goal of, of physical therapy is working with the patients in order to help them determine what type of function they want to maximize and, and how independent they wish to be. So it's really a, a, a collaborative patient-centered approach to care. Uh, but in general, patients are presenting with physical symptoms that impact their daily activities, their activities of daily life, um, such as being able to work at a computer all day if your hands are involved, which is pretty typical in RA. That's usually the hands are the first joints that are involved with patients. And so you can imagine how much you use your hands every day. Um, but physical therapy will work on exercise, for strengthening, for aerobic conditioning. The cardiovascular involvement in patients with rheumatoid arthritis um, is really important to address because we have patients that are very painful and stiff, and so it's hard for them to perform physical activities. But we also have significant involvement of the cardiovascular system just from the disease itself. And how do we know that? We know that because research has shown that patients with RA have increased cardiovascular disease, they have preclinical atherosclerosis, which is a fancy term for saying that there's changes within the vessels of their heart um, that would make them at greater risk for having heart disease. Um, so we need to make sure that patients remain physically active, and it's a bit of a paradox when uh, a person who walks into a clinic is very painful when they move, but the therapist says you must keep moving, but really um, exercise is a form of medicine, and that's something that we work hard to emphasize in a physical therapy treatment is that patients need to be as active, physically active as they possibly can in order to maintain both their joint health as well as their cardiovascular health. Other than exercise programs, you know, how might a physical therapist or even occupational therapist be involved in helping somebody manage this condition day-to-day -day in their work and their life? Well, there are a number of strategies that can be provided by both the occupational therapist and the physical therapist. One is um, providing an evaluation of the work site, so giving some recommendations on how to adapt the height of the computer or adapt shelving, et cetera, so that you're not uh, reaching too much and putting too much stress on joints. There are splints that you can use um, while you're working with your computer. There are also adaptive mouses that can be used to reduce the amount of strain on the, the very um, sensitive hand joints. Um, there's also a great deal of work that's been done on something called sleep hygiene because patients with rheumatoid arthritis, either from medications that they're on, such as steroids, or from the disease itself, oftentimes have trouble sleeping. And so there actually is um, something called sleep hygiene that you can you can work through your pattern of sleep and improve your sleep with time so that you're fully rested because we know rest is important for managing um, the symptoms of arthritis. So uh, I would say that both for home and for work, both the physical therapist and the occupational therapist can provide some good strategies to help cope with the disease symptoms and reduce the amount of joint stress and strain. Do we know the benefits of early intervention with physical therapy after someone is diagnosed? In other words, do we know that somebody who basically begins a physical therapy treatment plan um, soon after being diagnosed, that they may maintain their current uh, sort of conditioning a little bit better than somebody who prolongs and, and waits to do that and kind of has more of the uphill climb? That's a really good question because that's the same question we ask about medications as well. Uh, we do know that with uh, pharmacotherapy or medications, 
uh, patients who receive more aggressive medications earlier, so a disease-modifying agent versus just taking a non-steroidal, um, tends to do better in the long term. We have a great deal of studies on patients um, with respect to exercise that show that you're better able to maintain function, both as far as strength, as far as activities of daily living, and have a better uh, cardiovascular or aerobic response um, with exercise. But again, with RA, it's, it's kind of tricky to say, you know, there's a certain number of improvement or a certain number of people that do better than others because the disease on its own can kind of flare and then go away. And that makes it difficult when you're conducting clinical trials like I do because I'm both a researcher and a physical therapist uh, when you're trying to present the evidence and evaluate the evidence. But overall, being physically active has been shown to be very important in maintaining longevity as well as a good quality of life. So physical activity is important, obviously, for preventing various other conditions or managing other conditions as well. Um, so so score another one for physical activity. On that note, right. you know, we, we've talked about rheumatoid arthritis. We referenced a little bit osteoarthritis. In, in all of those, it's kind of this idea of, you know, it's people getting older um, who get arthritis. Is arthritis exclusive to this older population, or can young people have arthritis as well? Actually, young people can get arthritis. There are about 200,000 children in the U.S. that have something called juvenile idiopathic arthritis. And so, again, within that form that appear in children, um, they can be diagnosed as early as one year or two years old. Um, and there are lots of different presentations within that group of juvenile idiopathic arthritis, but they have the same presentation of swollen joints, stiffness in the morning. Um, if it's not managed with medical therapy, you can have deformities of your joints without, without receiving treatment. And then you have the complexity of taking some of these medications, which we know are fairly toxic for the body, but are very important for maintaining your health if you don't take them. Um, and kids are taking medications similar um, in intensity to what adults take as they're going through their growth spurt. So it's, it's a very complex thing to manage. And, again, pediatric rheumatologists are those that specialize both in rheumatology and in the care of children. And so those would be the individuals that I would recommend seeing. So on that, you know, kind of in terms of recommendations, let's pivot back and close out on rheumatoid okay. arthritis with this question, which is um, if someone is, is diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, you know, wh what are the first, say, three things they need to do, they or their families, to sort of prepare for, for what's ahead and start off on the right course in terms of managing that? So the first thing that I would recommend is that patients come into the clinic with a family member, whomever they choose, just so that a family member gets an idea of what's going on with you and with your body. With rheumatoid arthritis, unlike some of the other chronic disabling conditions that people may have, your symptoms are not always visible to the public. So one day, or your family, one day you may be feeling fine and can do everything that you normally do. And a week later, it could be that you can barely get yourself out of bed. But physically, to your family members, you look exactly the same. And so I think it's really important to get family involved so they can understand what you're feeling and you don't feel isolated. I also think that there are wonderful patient resources that are available in the community. Um, for a long time, I was a trustee of the Arthritis Foundation, and I think the Arthritis Foundation 
has great resources both with social support groups for individuals who are newly diagnosed, those that have had the disease a long time. Um, they oftentimes have like a doctor on call that you can call in and speak to a rheumatologist. Um, they have exercise programs if you're not sure what to do and how to go about starting exercise. They can help connect you. Um, there's also the American College of Rheumatology, which is a U.S.-based group of physicians and healthcare providers in rheumatology, and there's a patient portal that you can go to where you can read about the latest on medications or the latest on exercise, and we call them clinical practice guidelines, but it's best practice for managing the disease. And um, those are, are great resources to use. Many YMCAs partner with the Arthritis Foundation, so they have aquatic programs and exercise programs like modified yoga that you can do so that you can maintain your physical activity, but it's adapted to your specific needs. And I think that's really important. Um, I think the other is to give yourself, you know, try to be physically active, but from a psychological perspective, just recognize that some days are challenging and some days are not, and to just make sure that you're not too hard on yourself as you try to not push yourself too much. I think that having a good outlook on the condition is very good. We have great medications nowadays that can help to keep the disease in check. We know a lot more about the best types of physical activity for you to do so that you don't injure yourself, and that's one of the key reasons why a physical therapist is so important because we are taught both the pathology of a condition as well as how to exercise somebody where um, other health professionals may not have the understanding of how to uh, develop an exercise program in the face of a, a medical condition. So I think availing yourself of PT and checking in with a therapist once in a while when your disease status changes is really important. So last question then, you know, you, you mentioned obviously the, the ways that treatment has improved. You, you mentioned uh, earlier some things you're trying to figure out as a researcher. From a research perspective, what's the thing we don't know about rheumatoid arthritis treatment right now that, that uh, you wish we did, that, that you think we're getting close to being able to answer, hopefully? Well, I think, that, as I said, we're kind of moving toward um, preventative um, approaches to rheumatoid arthritis, and it's in the very formative stage, but there are a number of researchers in Scandinavia as well as in the U.S. Um, that are looking at how we can potentially prevent the progression of the disease, but that's in a very early stage. I think that the new biologic therapies have, have done a lot in helping to prevent uh, deformities in patients with arthritis, and uh, I would say that the League of Rheumatologists across the world, whether it's the Americans or the Europeans or um, in other areas of the globe, have really worked together to develop guidelines so that um, clinicians know what medications to prescribe and when and how to best monitor them. Um, so that's really important. And uh, I think that we're continuing through various types of specific research, like motion analysis, to understand um, how a body that's in pain and stiff moves and how we can retrain people to move in a, a proper form once the symptoms have subsided because oftentimes you just adapt to a pattern of movement once you've been in pain so long and it's really hard to get out of that mindset. So a lot of work in motor control um, has really been a focus over the last, I'd say, 10 years. 
So I hope to see a lot more advances. And part of the reason I'm in Sweden right now is that I'm on a Fulbright looking at physical activity in kids with JIA. Um, so I hope that we'll be able to see more positive health outcomes and a greater quality of life in these patients in the next couple of decades. Tremendous information and, and hopefully a hopeful outlook around the corner. More Daily Iverson. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com radio.